The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is Startup Focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP, the best-run businesses run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies to shake up the status quo with big data and real-time and predictive analytics from the consumer to the enterprise. Learn how to help your organization move in exciting new directions. Here's your host, Bonnie D. Graham. If you want to run with the Game Changers, you're in the right place. Today's buzz, the first customer is the hardest. But what happens when you get to the second? Hey, let's talk about it. You've developed a great solution. You hit the ground running. You signed your first customer. Bravo, Eureka, break out the champagne or whatever you're drinking. But what's next? you got to get the second customer, of course. But is it that simple? What happens from point A to point B? Are you ready to learn how today's successful startups do it? I have four experts who are going to tell you their POV. I am their opinion, and let's find out. In a couple minutes, I'll be introducing you to the following. First uh, up will be Sanjeev Gupta, VSSOD Corporation, and he quoted Steve Jobs from Apple. By the way, Joel, I have an echo on my line if you could fix that for me, dear. So here's the quote from Sanjeev Gupta. You can't just ask customers what they want and then try to give that to them. By the time you get it built, they'll want something new. That's the key. We'll have Sanjeev tell us a little more about why he picked that quote for our show today. Great quote. Next joining us is Dr. Anthony Borkus from Grab Analytics. And he says, a bad customer early on can lead to a bad product later. Ooh, that sounds ominous, Anthony. We'll have to talk to you about that in a minute. Third up on the panel today is Ted Sabunsis from Next Principles. We've had Next Principles on one of our shows before, Ted. We'll chat about that. And he's quoting Thomas J. Watson, of course, from IBM. And here's the quote. If you want to increase your success rate, double your failure rate, that's provocative, Ted. We'll find out more from you in just a minute. And rounding out our full house panel today is Sanjay Shirole. I was told it rhymes with Olay, so we're happy to have you here from SAP Startup Focus. And he quotes, boy, we got good quotes today, Richard Branson from Virgin Enterprises. And the quote is, business opportunities are like buses. There's always another one coming along. <laughs> I've heard that men are the same way. <laughs> Never mind. Anyway, join us for the next hour for getting your first customer then. And you're a second. And please join us on Twitter on hashtag SAP Radio. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Thrilled to be here. It is Halloween, Thursday, October 31st. And this is SAP Startup Focus with Game Changers. Let me introduce my guests to you and then we'll meet them. 
So first up is Sanjeev Gupta, founder and CEO of VSSOD Corporation. Sanjeev has 20 years of experience in operations, sales, and IT, spanning the high-tech and life sciences industry. VSSOD, we'll find out more in a minute, is an emerging predictive analytics and big data software company focused on enterprise customers. Before VSSOD, Sanjeev was a services sales exec at SAP America. He also held positions at Flextronics, at Enlita, and at Tyco Electronics. Sanjeev Gupta, welcome so much. Thank you, Bonnie. Awesome. Happy to be here. Happy Halloween to our listeners. Yes. Are you wearing a costume today, or shouldn't I ask? Not yet. <laughs> and do you want to tell us what you're going to be? Um, well, we have a Halloween party in our house coming up, so they always tell me what to wear just before the party. I wear whatever I'm told. <laughs> I'm not even going to ask who's telling you that. By the way, where are you calling from today, Sanjeev? I'm calling from Sunnyvale, California. This is where we are okay. headquartered. Okay, nice. Thank you so much for joining us. Let's move on to Dr. Anthony Borges. He's the founder and CEO of Grab Analytics. Love that name. Grab's specialty is providing analytics for apps. The product went live this year, March 2013, and they currently have more than 10 clients live on the platform, which is perfect for Anthony to be here because we're talking about how he got the first and how he got the second and dot, dot, dot. Uh, SAP validated Grab Analytics in August as market-ready mobile solution. Anthony, before Grab was founder and CEO, we got a serial entrepreneur here, a Blue Label Interactive, a mobile apps game company, and he also co-founded Spatient Technologies. Anthony has been on the USC faculty since 1994 and got all of his many degrees there. Anthony, welcome to Startup Focus with Game Changers. How are you? Thanks, Bonnie. So happy to be here. Glad you're here. I, I know you had to do a little juggling of your schedule. I hope everything worked out okay. Yes? Worked out perfect. Good, wonderful. Where are you calling from, Anthony? Uh, in Los Angeles, California. Okay, how's the weather? Um, not bad. About 78 degrees. Got to turn on the AC at some point on the, on the drive home. Oh, wonderful. Well, thank you for joining us. I know you're on a Vonage line. I think you're our first Vonage caller, so thank you very much for joining us. I know you're a busy guy. Next up, let's turn to Ted Sapuntis. And Ted is, Ted is the head of marketing and product management for Next Principles, a next generation social analytics and engagement solutions provider. Before Next Principles, Ted was VP of social marketing at SAP. Boy, you guys keep turning up here. After joining SAP in 2004, Ted's roles included co-leading SAP's corporate strategy group in leading business object SaaS analytics portfolio. Before that, he was a management consultant with McKinsey and Company, and he worked for Decision Focus, and on and on and on. He started his career with Sabre. What an interesting bio. Ted, welcome to Startup Focus. How are you? Thank you, Bonnie. It's great to be here. Wonderful. Glad to have you. Where are you calling from today, Ted? I'm also calling from sunny California, the San Francisco Bay Area. Okay, thank you very much. What are you doing for Halloween? Anything interesting? You know, I was never big into Halloween. Uh, I sound like a grouch now, and, and my kids are growing older, so they're, as they're getting off the Halloween mania, I'm, uh, I'm following them. 
Okay, good. We'll find out later what you think you're going to be if you had to make a choice. And rounding out the panelists, Sanjay Shirole, the Global Alliance's lead for the SAP Startup Focus Practice Program. And that's why we have this wonderful 13-week mini-series, Sanjay, because you and your colleagues are sponsoring it, and we're delighted. Mm-hmm. Sanjay spent 17 years as an entrepreneur in Silicon Valley. So you've walked the walk, talked the talk. You know what the other guys are talking about. You founded and ran two, I love this, Two reasonably successful startups. How do we pronounce these? Is it Zora, Sanjay, Zora, and Web Apps? Yeah, that would be Zora and Web Apps. It's a play on the words ex Oracle for my SAP fans. I see. Well, good to know. Then you felt it was time to give back to the entrepreneurial community. You now mentor entrepreneurs, volunteer at nonprofits like TIE, TIE Silicon Valley. And I have a note here that you love to ride motorcycles against your wife's wishes. Are you going as a motorcycle guy on Halloween? Well, I met with an accident just uh, three weeks ago, so the bike uh, has gone to the shop. So no, oh, I'm, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> cowboy, I love that. I love that. And you also use something called Airbnb around the world when you vacation. What is that? Airbnb uh, is where people uh, share their homes and you pay a fee to them through this website called Airbnb based out of San Francisco. And it's just a wonderful way to live within the cities and the communities and typically cost much less than hotels. Good to know. Thanks for the travel tip. I know you guys do a lot of traveling. I tell you what, let's go back and do a deep dive into the opening. Um, Joel, I think we're going to push our time on our first break a little bit because I want to get all four of them in. So I'm going to go ahead and read your quote again, each one of you in turn, and let's talk for about a minute, minute and a half each, and tell me why you picked this quote. So first up is Sanjeev Gupta from VSSOD. You quote Steve Jobs from Apple, of course. You can't just ask customers what they want and try to give it to them. By the time you build it, they'll want something new. Is this what you're finding at VSSOD, Sanjeev, in terms of getting the first customer? Yes, Bonnie. I think uh, I think this is some uh, this is a statement that I often repeat at the company, and I also talk to our customers. Startups, it's about innovation at scale. So if you ask users, they will typically tell you an improvement, slight improvement over what they are doing, because they cannot think about anything significantly above and beyond what they have today. So uh, we always have to have to think hard around how we are going to make some step function improvement because that is key to 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 real success and that is key to 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 sustaining um, uh, for the long run. And therefore, uh, that I chose this quote. It, you know, when the iPhone came out, uh, we all had our Blackberries and we were all happy and we never thought that something else was possible. Uh, when we take our products to our customer. Sometimes our customers also tell us that uh, uh, we never thought that this is another way of solving the problem. So it's always about step function improvement, and and that step function improvement, the insight for that typically is not going to come by asking your current customers. Very interesting. And I have two questions for you. First, what does VSSOD do? What, What is your primary product or solution that you take to market when you went to get your first customer? Yeah, so VSSOD is about uh, operational business insight and predictive analytics. So essentially what we do is is we combine data from multiple sources. Right? Over the past uh, decade or so, business has become more complex. Right? Customers, uh, the, my suppliers are distributed, customers are distributed. There are very many systems. Fifteen years ago we had one ERP system. These days there are five or six big, uh, big ticket uh, uh, the IT environments right in my backyard. So. So when, when there is so much complexity, users often struggle to get insight. 
we are all about combining data from multiple sources and providing insight to our business users in real time. So I say don't run those 15 reports and don't run those 15 different uh, Excel spreadsheets. Here is my system which will give you all of that in one go in real time. So it's, and you uh, have all the, all the right buzzwords in there. It sounds great. And I have a question for you also. Do you do, Remember, we used to have, well, I don't know how old you all are. I know how old I am. We used to do focus groups. Big companies would bring in a group of people, give them lunch or give them a gift certificate or give them a product prototype, sit them in a room, treat them well, have some one-way mirrors on the other side and say, well, if you could have this and if you could have that, would you want it in green or would you want it purple or would you want it real time or would you want it five feet tall or two feet wide? And we used to do that in, in corporate days way back in the day. Uh, Sanjeev, are focus groups still being used? Was that something that would be good for a software company like yours? I think I think uh, getting better insight into what customer problems are is always beneficial. But I believe that, uh, that the short answer to the question is no. That At least that's not our approach. Uh, when we get together a few customers, we do get together customers and potential mm-hmm. customers. It's more about showing them how, how uh, showing them the new way of solving problems rather than asking them about how they are solving it internally. So focus groups, yes, but the intent is not to get the insight about what else to build because, as I said, I, that, that I cannot get them to get real insight from them because they will only ask an improvement over what they have today. If you want to offer something step function, it's more about getting validation to the, the, the new innovation that you're bringing in. I might not call it focus groups. I might uh, call it uh, uh, meet and learn or whatsoever. Ah, I like that. I like that. Thank you. We're modernizing the old concept. Thank you very much. Let me turn now to Dr. Anthony Borkus from Grab Analytics. What are we grabbing, Anthony? You say a bad customer early on can lead to a bad product later. Does that mean you grab the wrong first customer? Or talk to me. Give me a little interpretation. Yeah, I think um, think for a lot of startups it's so important to find great early partners so they could help, you know, determine uh, what some of your core features should be in your app. You know, a lot of times we speculate, we, we, think we, uh, we think we know what we want to build, but until you get some of those first customers, it's really critical to listen to them and, and, and adjust accordingly. Um, specific incidents that one of my colleagues ran into, uh, they were really excited about getting their first customer, but the customer wasn't really the right match, but they needed to get mm-hmm. that customer anyhow. And they ended up building a part of their platform, which really hurt their growth in the future. So, again, it's no matter how important that client is, it's, it's, it's very critical to make sure that kind of matches up to, to what your, your plans and goals are. Otherwise, it could lead to, to pretty drastic measures later on. Anthony, if in hindsight, how would you have advised them to not gotten that first "quote unquote" bad customer? What what kind of insight should they have had? Were they just greedy and saying, "Yippee, we got a customer! Any customer in a storm is great"? Should they have vetted the customer better? Were they marketing the product the wrong way and therefore reaching the wrong marketplace? Tell me a little more. I think a little bit more due diligence with uh, the entire team. I think that a lot of times sales and marketing is, you know, driving forward, trying to get clients, trying to get to that growth. But at the same time, having your, your product managers and your technology team understanding what the wish list is and really being able to give fair estimates on how long it's going to take and if it's actually possible. So I think it's more of communication within the team, I think, could 
could really help prevent getting involved with certain clients that could be problematic later on. Very interesting. And one quick question before we move to Ted. Anthony, do you find that serial entrepreneurs who have their feet wet, they've gotten the mud on their boots, if you pardon that terrible analogy, from the first or second company, that they're more likely to not pick a bad customer for the first one of, let's say, their second or third startup? What, any observation there? I think you're, you're absolutely right. Um, I think it's you know kind of similar to dating. You know, as you start <laughs> to kind of figure out more and more of what you like, you tend to not keep making the same mistakes, hopefully, but, hopefully. Uh, you know, I, I felt like you become more confident, you become a better, yes. better judge of character with more experience and more clients that you manage, so, you know, absolutely, it's, you know, we feel that we've really been able to kind of hit our stride in the very beginning, given the, the backgrounds that we've had together as a team. Terrific. Thank you, Anthony. I appreciate that. I was, I, I'm trying to get the advice on the table right away because we want our listeners to know that this is a really great conversation and I don't want to wait to get these nuggets on the table. And by the way, I want to thank my co-producer, Malcolm Kimberlin, who is madly tweeting away here. Oh, he sent a, a note to, uh, who was it with the motorcycle? I think that was Sanjay. He said, my condolences to fellow motorcycle rider for his bike in the shop due to accident. So there's a note to you, Sanjay, from, from Malcolm. It's on Twitter. Every you're welcome. I'll tell Malcolm I just did. Okay. Now, Ted, let's move to you. Ted, I know we've had someone from Next Principles on one of our radio shows, not this new series, but I don't remember who it was. I think it was on our Coffee Break with Game Changers. Do you remember who, who was on the show at, at some time with us? Uh, yeah, and I think it was about probably maybe a year or even longer ago. Um, yeah. I think it was a, a, an ex-colleague of mine, yes, Lou. Yes, it was Lou. That's right. Thank yeah. you very much. So let's get in. Let's get into your quote. You quoted Thomas J. Watson from IBM. If you, and I need to have this interpreted. If you want to increase your success rate, double your failure rate. Talk to me. Who's doing this math, Ted? Who's doing this math? Um, <laughs> uh, obviously, IBM must have done that <laughs> in the early days. Uh, I mean, my, my quote really, the, the reason I picked this quote is because I frequently meet a lot of people who think they have all the answers, uh, and nobody has all the answers. And if there's one thing I've learned in my life, the only way to get to the answers is by trying things. Uh, let me give you another, it's not really a quote, but let me give you another example. I recently, well, maybe not so recently, read a story about Sam Walton, and, and many of you will recognize the name. He was another mm-hmm. iconic uh, business person uh, in the yes. early And uh, the, the person that was telling a story about Sam Walton said that his biggest quality was that he was not afraid to fail. Mm-hmm. So here we have now the founder of IBM and the founder of Walmart, both of whom have uh, said repeatedly that they're not afraid to fail. And I think the point here is you have to try things, but like as you said earlier, um, and I think Anthony made that point, is you have to learn. And obviously mm-hmm. repeating the same mistake over and over again is not a good thing. But trying things until you find what really works is the key here. Okay, thank you, Ted. Very good words of advice. Appreciate that. We're going to hear a lot more from you later in the show. And let's turn to Sanjay Shirole Olay, SAP Startup Focus, a great Richard Branson quote. And I know, uh, I think Anthony was we're talking about dating and, yes, uh, having experience and not being so quite so ego or jumpy at the wrong first whatever. Uh, your quote is wonderful. If you want to, I'm sorry, business opportunities are like buses. There's always another one coming along. And I've heard people say, yes, you know. So, Sanjay, you picked this quote because, talk to me. You know, I think sometimes uh, 
you know, entrepreneurs, and I happen to be, uh, you know, an entrepreneur myself in the mm-hmm. past, the challenge tends to be to get disappointed where you start off with, you know, one customer or one prospect, and then it either fails or goes away. You need to uh, remember that there's going to be tons of other opportunities and keep hammering away at it till you get to the next one. That's very fundamental to keep the momentum going. Now, going back to my question to Anthony Borkas a minute ago, Sanjay, I asked him if people who are serial entrepreneurs aren't quite so jumpy or quick to uh, hit the gas pedal, if you will. God, my analogies are really corny today. Sorry about that, guys. But I, I, I wanted to say, do, do you think that they would believe a serial entrepreneur knows there's always going to be another opportunity coming, whereas the newbie might say, OMG, we got the VC, we have the, you all know what the FFF is, the family, friends, and fools, we got money from them, uh, we, we've gone out to market, we've done some marketing, we've told everybody we have this great product, and it's been three months, six months, nine months, nobody is biting, the fish are very quiet, what should we do? Good, they look like a customer, grab them. Do you think that that comes with the maturity of starting multiple companies, Sanjay? I, I think I would um, not emphasize that too much, but yes, it does play a role because the important thing is to be able to first identify a problem which is which has reasonably manifested itself across multiple organizations or businesses or industry verticals and then go after solving that problem. So that's how you want to identify the problem that you want to solve and build a business around, and then you have less chances of failure and less chances of waiting for that next bus that I talk about. Thank you very much. You know what? I think we've exhausted our first section here. We have gone through the quotes. I've been speaking with Sanjeev Gupta from VSSOD, Dr. Anthony Borkas from Grab Analytics. I still have to find out what Grab means. Ted Sapundas from Next Principles and Sanjay Chirole Olay from SAP Startup Focus. We're talking about getting your first customer and your second What happens between the two? How do you even get to the first? Great conversation. You're listening to us live. It's Thursday, October 31st on Startup Focus with Game Changers presented by SAP. I am Bonnie D. Graham. I'm going to take a break right now for about 57 seconds. You don't have to count them. I will. Don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial, however you're listening to us. When we come back, you know what's coming. I'm going to ask my guests what they're drinking today. This should be good. We'll be right back. Joel out. America Business Network. In today's globalized world, the competition for customers and marketplace has never been fiercer. Emerging technologies, especially those like big data, can help level the playing field and enable 
everyone from established enterprises to nimble startups to radically change the status quo. The bottom line, if you embrace technology, you can innovate your way to success. Big data is changing the way we live our lives and do business. Learn how with Startup Focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Visit www.sap.com. With new companies like yours competing aggressively for top customers, your strategies and tools must level the playing field and position you well against your larger adversaries. Today, you are faced with global competition for both customers and talent that will drive your business. The bottom line, you need to define what's going to set you apart, and you need to embrace innovation in every facet of your company and your brand. Startup Focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Visit www.sap.com. Save on your prescriptions with the RX Savings Plus Drug Discount Card offered by Voice America. It is not insurance, and discounts are only available from participating pharmacies. But 9 out of 10 pharmacies participate nationwide. Everyone is eligible for RX Savings Plus. There are no age or income restrictions and no paperwork. Simply print a card and start saving on your prescriptions. Start saving today. Enroll and print your free card online at voiceamerica.rxsavingsplus.com or text the word talk radio to 96 96- 362. You're listening to Startup Focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Startup Focus with Game Changers. Here we are, and I'm going to ask my guests here on Startup Focus to tell me if they can focus on what's in their cup today. So what are you drinking, coffee, tea, water, milk, juice, whatever it is? And if it's something not too interesting, tell me the best cup of whatever you've ever had. So let's start off with VSSOD's Sanjeev Gupta. Sanjeev, what are you drinking? So, so I have a magic potion in my cup, and I think I can say that because it's Halloween once again. Um, so what does the magic potion do? It makes uh, enterprise business users as smart as all of us are as consumers in our daily lives. With the uh, technology last few days, uh, the last few years, as consumer, I can do uh, a lot of things with my left thumb with the iPhone or the iPad in my hand. We have solutions which make our enterprise customers as smart. That's what the magic potion is all about. I know. It sounds great, but I still want to know what's in your coffee cup. What are you drinking? What's powering Sanjeev Gupta? What, what's getting you going in the morning or in the afternoon? Um, well, it's regular coffee. What can I say? Black coffee. <laughs> Black it's got to have no just a... and no sugar. That's what I wanted to know. Is it of a brand? Is it Starbucks? Is it Pete's? Is it Keurig? What kind is it? Pete's. Pete's. Okay. I knew I could get that out of you. Thank you, Sanjeev. Appreciate that. Anthony Borkas, are you back with us yet? Anthony's good. Yeah, I'll take you the way I got you. So, what you what are you drinking today, or what do you wish you were drinking, Anthony? Oh, a beautiful 1978 French Burgundy uh, from uh, Loire. That's what I'm drinking. Because love it somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) I like your spirit. That's a good start up the cocktail hour spirit. I appreciate that. Thanks for calling back, and you sound great. Ted Sapunzas from Next Principles. What do they drink at Next Principles at this time of the day, or what are you drinking, Ted? Well, I wish I was drinking a glass of nice burgundy like Anthony, but for the time being, I'm drinking uh, a nice cup of dark coffee. 
And what kind of coffee? Come on, give me more. Don't make me work for I, it. What flavor? What brand? What's in it? I'm impartial to the brand as long as it's okay. dark. And uh, I'm actually fairly addicted to coffee. So a few years ago, I remodeled. When we remodeled our home, I spent a lot of money in getting this uh, this machine, this coffee machine that's completely built in, hooked up to my uh, plumbing. So all I have to do is push a button. Uh, and my coffee cup is ready. And, and guess what happened to my coffee consumption since then? Up, 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 up. <laughs> up, 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 exactly. Ted is up, up, and away on a caffeine high. That's good. That's good. Well, thank you very much. I I've, I don't think I've met anybody who had their coffee maker hooked up to their plumbing. It sounds like a, a new market opportunity there. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Work with contractors and say, well, yes, for the coffee addict, or we'll create a new generation of coffee addicts. There is a startup for you. Let's turn to Sanjay Shiroli from SAP Startup Focus. What gets you going and keeps you going, Sanjay? Well, I, I do the coffee thing in about seven to eight cups a day, but right now, just before the show, I had gone out for lunch to the restaurant called Bumble, B-U-M-B-L-E in Los Altos, yes. California, and I've actually brought back with me a lovely drink called the Guava Lemonade. Pretty cool. Ooh, 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 did they make it home? Did they squeeze the guava or press the guava there and add fresh lemons, I hope? Uh, I think the lemons are fresh. The guava probably is coming out of somewhere else because I don't think there's <laughs> fresh guavas around here anyways. <laughs> I had guava jelly with Johnny Cakes when I was in Bermuda a gazillion years ago, and it's just a lovely flavor. Very, I think you can buy guava in little cans uh, in the fruit juice aisle in my supermarket here in New York. Thank you for that, Sanjay. Is it very cold, or do you have ice in it, or what are you doing with it? Uh, no, it is just uh, cold, chilled. It's not. It doesn't have ice in it, otherwise it will you know, dilute it, right? Okay, good. And I have to tell you all, I know you're all dying to know what Malcolm is drinking because he's part of the party. He says, after 15 miles of bicycling, all I want is water. Cool, clean, cold, and lots of it. (laughs) Thank you, Malcolm. We appreciate that very much. He's really busy uh, tweeting away all of your words of wisdom here. So if anybody wants to join Malcolm, we're tweeting at hashtag SAP Radio. So now that we've gotten the fun festivities out of the way, I'm going to ask Dr. Anthony Borkus to uh, talk to me about a statement you sent me before the show, Anthony, and we're going to kick this off and ask everybody to join in. You say, if you think it will take a month to close a deal, triple it. Is this a guideline for any company, any product, any industry, Anthony? Is this something for a new entrepreneur, a serial entrepreneur? Tell me, where did you come up with this? Because it sounds interesting. Well, um, first-hand experience, um, I think even for the enterprise space, it could be longer. But um, we had this customer, Demand Media, uh, you know, fairly you know, big customer that had, a, had an IPO in the, in the last few years. They have the popular brand Livestrong and eHow, mm-hmm. lots of great web properties. We had a very close relationship, um, and uh, we worked, we've worked. we known that team for a while, and they were very excited about getting into our mobile analytics. Um, we thought, and we're local, we're about three, four miles apart, and right. we figured that it only takes like a day to integrate our software to get it up and running. So it's a very seamless, simple integration. But just kind of coordinating with product teams and legal, Mm -hmm. uh, something that you think could take a month. I mean, easily for us, it just gets pushed back 90 days before you go live. And this, I think, was a a very simple integration. Uh, Some of our 
our, our other clients more in the enterprise space now, uh, I think if you think it's going to be two months, three months, it could be six months to nine months. So uh, the enterprise space is definitely a little bit, uh, uh, has, has definitely has longer uh, longer uh, sales cycles compared to other startup industries I've been involved with. Thank you. Sanjeev Gupta, VSSOD, and Ted Sapunzas from Next Principles. Either one of you agree, disagree with what Anthony said. Is this a guideline you use more or less? Sanjeev? I think it's a, I think it's a, it's a fair guideline because we startups tend to, tend to be always in a rush and our enterprise customers are not necessarily in a rush. Um, uh, historically, we have had really large customers such as Sanders, Levi Strauss, etc. And these customers, uh, the, the deals take a long time because their environment is fairly complex and, they did, and, mm-hmm. and the integrations are fairly complex. So there's a large sales cycle and then there's a large deployment cycle. Um, and definitely uh, um, all of our startups uh, are, are hoping to get to customers where you can close deals very quickly. So it does take a long time and more so in the enterprise space, and all four of us here in this call are, are in the enterprise space. I do. Thank agree. you. I, I know. Good, good point. Ted, from Next Principles, agree or disagree? Triple it or not? Uh, triple it, yes, uh, but I don't well, – I'm, I'm trying to reflect back on our, on our history and my experience. The, although there is a general – there's two parts to this, right? So one is how quickly can you get agreement with uh, your buyer, so to speak, and, and handshake agreement, and sometimes actually even a uh, agreement on the pricing. And the second part is is going through the let's call it the bureaucracy of specifically larger organizations. Um, mm-hmm. And that is, I think, the part, and I think that's what both Sanjeev and Anthony said. That's at least what we've discovered that 90% of the time is spent really. If you look at the last time, is spent really in that black hole, so to speak, uh, between legal uh, and procurement for most large mm-hmm. organizations. A lot of it, of course, is to, to be expected. But we've also been surprised in some organizations. We have had large organizations that moved like, uh, like there was no tomorrow, and then there were small organizations that were very slow. Okay, Sanjay Chirole, from your experience in Silicon Valley, in the trenches, doing the serial entrepreneur life, and at your standpoint from SAP Startup Focus Program, what do you see? Is, is uh, tripling the initial time frame, is that a good guideline for you, or agree, disagree? I think, um, you know, it's kind of, uh, I, I, I have a slightly different experience. My first startup, uh, which was uh, also in the enterprise space, but... Uh, needed on-premise software uh, and bigger deals. That definitely took two to three X, so I fully agree on that. But my second startup, which was a lower-cost software as a service where I, we charged $15 per user per month, and you know customers paid as they went for the number of users that they had, there it seemed to close at the timelines that we thought they would. So slightly different, I think, depending on your price point and the business model that's uh, that's being used to sell. Okay, thank you very much. I want to shift gears. We're moving our brakes around because I want to keep talking. You all have such good information. I'm not interested in, in uh, break music. I want to keep this going. So 
big point of contention here, I think. I've read in the notes from several of you. Some say the first customer should be free. That was Anthony's point of view. Some say don't make the first customer free. Uh, let's see. Uh, Sanjay Shiroli said the first customer should always be a customer paying from their operational budget, implying they're paying. Someone is paying. And you say don't ever give away your product for free to your first customer. A 90% discount is fine. So let me kick this part off with Sanjay Shiroli. Why do you say 90% discount is fine, but for God's sake, don't give it away free? Talk to me, and then I want Anthony to counter, please. Sanjay? Yeah. Um, I always like a little fight going, Anthony, so let's uh, let's go. (laughs) You Um, got it. Yeah. So one of the reasons why is uh, it's very interesting. It's the human psychology, I think, where you give something away for free. uh, There's less skin in the game, and typically what happens in the enterprise space is enterprises, whatever they do, they typically need to allocate resources internally to either use your software, deploy it, or train their people to use it. And if there is no cost attached to it, they don't seem to want to put any effort in it. So once they have some skin in the game, they need to show value. And that's the reason why I kind of go with that line of charge them something. Charge the first guy something. Good point. Anthony, what sayest you? Well, um, so when we first started our business, um, it, was, it wasn't necessarily in the enterprise space. We were in an environment where we were competing with a lot of mobile analytics platforms. And uh, the way these products and services work, typically there's a lot of choices. One of the biggest players in the space is Flurry, and they give away their product for free for the entirety, and they monetize through their ad network. Uh, so for us, there was some competitive pressures, uh, but also a lot of, you know, our product is built, and it's a service that once you, once you sign up, there's not, it doesn't take nine months for this product to happen. I mean, if we had to spend six to nine months to build a solution for somebody, I don't think we could survive as a business if we were offering it for free. But the way our product works, um, we're, we, we have a, a website. People come to the website. They download the SDK. They try it out for 30 to 60 days. Once we have their data, it's, it's usually rare for people to say, okay, we don't want to use your service mm-hmm. anymore. Um, so, our, again, our business model, it follows we're doing mobile apps. And if you look in the mobile app business, 99% of apps are all free. So it's just a model that seems to work really well for the type of products that we're offering as a company. Uh, I'm sure some of the other enterprise players with a different kind of product, Yes, uh, I could see that being a little bit different. But for the nature of our business, free works really well. Thank you, Anthony. And I want to move this in a slightly different direction, but I'm going to stick with the math, the math problems or the formulas. I'm going to ask Sanjeev Gupta to talk to me right now. Uh, you said something I think was provocative, and I know the listeners would appreciate this. Sanjeev, you said the value of two half-million-dollar deals versus one million one-dollar deals, and then you just said customer segmentation and where we play. So where's the lifting, where's the value, the two half millions or the one-dollar times one million? Talk to me. So, so you know, this goes on to our own current execution in the marketplace. Uh, mm-hmm. We are in between. Uh, our typical deal size is around 200K. Now, uh, true validation of any product, any new product that uh, comes through through significant adoption or mass adoption, there's lots of focus in the VC community about, hey, uh, cloud startups start with premium, and cloud uh, typical cloud solutions today are evolving through, you know, per user, per month kind of a process. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, and there, if you if you are trying to offer value to individuals, uh, you do have an opportunity of you know one dollar deals, right? Uh, there are free deals to, to the discussion that we just had. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the the right answer is somewhere in between. Uh, it, it, that if you are really giving it almost free or free, the amount of value that is being added is is more in the productivity layer. And I think uh, today uh, the, the focus of cloud solution is more in making users more productive. That is the, the way of you know getting into the enterprise through the through the the, the consumer side, and uh, the deals can be smaller. Um, as as cloud evolves to 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 start offering solutions for more complex problems, it is very hard to solve complex problems at a dollar a user, right? So so that's what I was really talking about. Uh, it depends on which customer you are going after and what kind of solution that you offer. The right answer could be half a million, could be a single dollar. Interesting. We, we do, yeah. by the way, strongly believe that. Uh, that anything free has no value, which means there has to be some consideration. Maybe the actual person paying is different from the actual person using. That's the ad model, right? So the, the, the people using, it's free for them, but the people who want to serve ads, it, it costs them something. Anybody want to chime in on that before I go in a slightly different direction? Uh, Anthony or Sanjay have anything to add or Ted? This is Sanjay. I think, um, you know, like uh, Sanjeev mentioned, uh, it, it, it just depends on the business model. I think each one has value. Uh, I, I must say to Anthony that, Anthony, you know, the, the way you put it, I, I agree with you, so there's no fight. Let's carry on. Oh, darn. Okay. <laughs> I wanted to see the dueling cowboys on Halloween. All right. I want to bring Ted into this. Ted, I, I have something from you that I thought was very interesting we may have touched on it, but I want to focus a little more. You say always absolutely ensure you make your first customer successful. Now, I think it's common sense to understand that, but tell me when you were putting together your notes for the show, what were you thinking about always make your first? Then, of course, you add your second and your third. But why is it so critical that that first be successful, especially in the enterprise space? Are they a gossipy bunch and they will spread the word that you didn't do a good job? Or talk to me, Ted, from Next Principles. Well, I mean, first of all, I think we all are trying to strive to make every customer successful. Otherwise, we wouldn't exist. But I think the reason I overemphasize the first customer is, and again, drawing on my own experience, I think in, in many cases, if you have not made a single customer successful, it's really hard to get to number two and number three and number four. Uh, so success early on breeds success to some extent, and notwithstanding my point about failure or experimentation earlier, but at the end of the day, if you don't, if, you know, if you're trying to go to your second customer and they ask you, okay, great, you're early, but can I speak to customer number one, what will you tell them? I think that is the point. Okay, good point. Anthony, Sanjay, who wants to uh, add or subtract from that? I'd like to hear some more opinions on that. Anthony, why don't you go first? Anthony? Yeah, I was actually, I was really thinking about um, that question um, that I originally had posted around, how much does it cost to, you know, for us, it's a $25,000 customer. It takes us the same amount of time as if we were to close a a $25,000 or $250,000. right. Mm -hmm. Is is this kind of like a, a nice segue into that? Yes. Uh, yeah, that, that's kind of what we've been noticing is uh, to our, our discussion previously about 
it takes three times the amount of, you know, it's 3x from when you think you could close a deal. Uh, we're seeing the same thing with our customer profiles is we're looking at our pipeline of customers and it's super critical for our sales team to be able to validate the type of customer we're looking at. But we're seeing that if it's taken us on average three to six months to close a deal, they typically all fall in the same range of pricing. So I think it's very important to be able to create your backlog of customers and be able to prioritize what the what the opportunities are. So even though you might get that first customer early on, um, also think about in addition to making it a very successful customer, understand, you know, the, the financial value that it could bring as well. Okay. Who else wants to join on this one? I heard a couple more voices. Somebody said Anthony go first. Who was that? That this is Sanjay. Uh, so go Sanjay ahead. Shiroli. So, mm-hmm. I, you know, I think um, there's value to that suggestion to make the first one successful, but it's it's really, really not, uh, uh, you know, uh, necessary that the first one will always be successful, right? So I think we, you probably need to approach it with an open mind and don't beat up yourself, uh, you know, otherwise you might put in a lot of resources. And as an entrepreneur in that early stage, you really don't want to, you know, spend too much resources backing one horse. You got to just cut your losses and run on to the next one. If you cannot control why that, uh, you know, that first customer is failing for you. Okay, Ted. I want to bring you in because you sent me the following note, and I think we're on the same topic here. Fail fast, fail forward. You will not establish the mythical market product fit after the first few customers. Is that what we just heard Sanjay talk about, Ted? I think so. Um, I mean, I think so. A, a, a lot of people, I think, you know, to, to Sanjay's point, absolutely. If, if it's something that's outside your control, you better understand it right away and move on. But I was specifically referring to the fact that uh, or the situation where it is indeed out of your control and you have to do indeed what it takes to make them successful. Uh, I think the sales faster forward piece speaks to my earlier comment around experimentation and learning. Um, you have to, if something doesn't work, then change it. Uh, but the key here is speed, especially in a small company. You have to do this really, really fast. And you have to understand when is the point where you indeed say enough is enough, move, let's, let's move on and try something different. And that's the thing where a lot of companies struggle. Uh, they will either try to fail too fast or fail too slow. Ah, interesting, interesting. And then some companies just can't deal with the word fail at all. Uh, Sanjeev, I want to talk about, we, ha- we haven't talked about who is actually doing the sale. And you, your comment to me was, what is the right time to bring in the sales team? And you say the founders are the best evangelists. Is this your policy at VSSOD that the founder of the company should be the one on the front lines doing the selling? Talk to me. During the early days, early weeks, early months, early year, um, it's uh, the the Founders typically have an idea. Maybe they have learned that through their experience or through through, through certain interactions uh, earlier. So, so they they have a better appreciation of the problem. They have a better appreciation of the customer, and they also need to make sure that they are hearing customer feedback firsthand so that they can take it back into their company and they can set direction appropriately. A sales team member, if you bring in a, a salesperson early early on, too early then uh, salespeople typically may or may not understand the problem, may or may not take the feedback. They are, they are compensated based upon, uh, upon success rate, which means they will quickly move on. The, to capture customer feedback, 
what is working, what is not working. It's very important for, for success of a company. And you need to make sure that people who are interacting with the customers are able to capture that. I believe that typically founders uh, are better equipped to capture that feedback rather than uh, classic sales folks. And I know that Sanjay Shiroli echoes that, and I'm going to read a quote from him. Sanjay, you told me the founder CEO of a startup should always, always, always be the main person engaged with the first couple of customers. You want to add on to that, please, Sanjay? Yeah, you know, I was uh, smiling to myself when I heard Sanjeev talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, one of the so I agree with the reasons uh, Sanjeev gave about getting the feedback, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But one of the fundamental things about growing any business, right? Because in the end, we all have to scale our businesses. So the fundamental aim of growing any business or scaling it is to make sure that you identify a process, and in this case, it's the sales process. Mm-hmm. dissect it, and then implement it so that any dumb sales guy can sell it, right? And the only way it will happen is if you do it first, figure it out, put together the process, and now bring in your sales guy who will take it out and put it out of the park. Interesting. I want to give a side note here. We're just about ready to go to our break, and I'll tell you what, what the homework assignment for my four guests is during our quick break. Last week, our topic was pounding the pavement from pitch to positioning, and we had a couple of guests live from TechEd. And I asked one of the guests, how do you know who to send when you have a limited budget for events, for tech conferences, etc.? How do you know who to send in the beginning when you don't have a million bucks to spend on travel and hotels and booths and, and uh uh, maybe getting a keynote or getting a demo going or, I don't know, sponsoring a hospitality suite, whatever it is. And one of the guests said to me, Bonnie, at this point, he said it was just himself and the dog, and he decided he'd leave the dog home and he would go to the conference. So there you go. So the founder gets to go to the conference and gets to do the selling in the first couple. We've had some really great insights here on our big, big segment here on SAP Startup Focus with Game Changers. I'm going to be asking, here's your homework assignment, Sanjeev Gupta from VSSOD, Dr. Anthony Borkus from Grab Analytics. I still don't know what Grab, why you picked the word Grab, but tell me in a minute. Ted Sabunsis from Next Principles and Sanjay Shiroli from SAP Startup Focus Program. I'm going to ask you to quickly run out in the garage or up in the attic or in the trunk of your car and find the crystal ball. I know you all have one because that's part of who you are. Find an old rag or a silk scarf or something and polish it off. And when we come back, we're going to have about a minute and a half each for you to tell me if we had this conversation five years from today, exactly, would we still be giving the same advice to startups and how to get the first sale and then the second dot, dot, dot. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Let's give our guests a chance to go polish off that crystal ball and come back with their amazing predictions. You don't want to miss this. This is Startup Focus with Game Changers. We'll be right back in about 50 seconds. Joel, out. the boardroom to you voice america business network 
new companies like yours competing aggressively for top customers, your strategies and tools must level the playing field and position you well against your larger adversaries. Today, you are faced with global competition for both customers and talent that will drive your business. The bottom line, you need to define what's going to set you apart, and you need to embrace innovation in every facet of your company and your brand. Startup Focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Visit www.sap.com. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Listening to Startup Focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Startup Focus with Game Changers. Here we are, and it's time for the Crystal Ball segment. Let's kick it off with Sanjeev Gupta from VSSOD. Sanjeev, did you find the Crystal Ball, and is it cloudy or clear five years ahead? Talk to me. I think it's very clear five years ahead, Bonnie. Uh, uh, from our perspective, I think the pace of disruption that we have seen in the last 15 will be eclipsed by the pace of disruption that's going to happen in the next five years. So mm. enterprise software, as we know today, enterprise IT, as we know today, is, is here for, for big disruption. Most enterprise applications will, will move from on-premise to on-cloud, unstructured mm-hmm. big data. That's why most of the big data talk continues to happen. I think unstructured big data will, will be joined with structured big data, and that's where, uh, that's where big disruption happens. So significant okay. disruption all startups on cloud. Thank you very much. Good insights, and I think we knew that was coming. Let's go to Dr. Anthony Borkus. Anthony, Grab. How'd you pick the name for your company to be Grab, and then give me your predictions? Uh, I'd love to tell you it was an acronym for Get Real Time Analytics, you know, yada, yada, yada. But um, <laughs> I ended up acquiring Grab.com uh, from ah. the company Demand Media. Um, I bought the website, 2 million users. Uh, it was when it was primarily an apps business, so it was. Uh, I, I inherited the name, which I, I still like to this day. I like it too. So now, what are your predictions? Grab me with your predictions, Anthony. Crystal clear for me. Um, I, I, I'm going to do the same thing that I've been doing the last ten years, whether it's five or ten years in the future. I think your first customers and building your startup is all about relationships. And no matter how technology evolves and how our businesses change from a product development perspective, I think the foundation of these early partnerships are based upon strong relationships that you build. And, I'll, and I continue to see that uh, in the future. Okay. Thank you very much. And let's go to Ted Sabunsis from Next Principles. Cloudy or clear, what do you see, Ted? Five years out. Pretty clear. And unfortunately, I have to... Completely agree with Anthony. Uh, I looked for my crystal ball, couldn't find it, but um, I personally do not think that the process of getting to number one and number two and number three will change, as, as I think it has not changed over the last, at the end of the day, over the last few years. Despite what we like to think about technology, disruption, and adoption of new technologies, I think I agree wholeheartedly with Anthony. It's all about relationships and, and doing the groundwork, rolling up your sleeves and doing the hard work. Okay, thank you very much. I hope you find the crystal ball one of these days, but it sounds to me like you can see very clearly 
and Sanjay Shiroli. What do you see from the standpoint of your feet on the ground years in Silicon Valley and your position now mentoring and coaching and talking to other startups at SAP Startup Focus Program? Talk to me. I think one fundamental uh, aspect, uh, you know, will never change uh, for me, and it should not be changing for anyone uh, who's building a business or an enterprise, and that is you absolutely have to be building a business to solve a problem. You cannot be sitting in an ivory tower and building something and then hoping that they will come to get it. So, Okay. So no ivory tower. we got to get real, get on the ground, and get in the trenches and talk to people. And I like the comment about building relationships. Thanks for that, Anthony. You know what? I have predictions. I wrote them down. They're real easy. And we are going to be able to end on time if I talk fast. Next Thursday here on Startup Focus with Game Changer, 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern. Interesting topic, Startup Nation Israel. What makes Israel such a fertile ground for innovation and their wealth of startups per capita? Got to explore that one next Tuesday on our series called HR Trends with Game Changers. Tuesday, 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern, here where I am, November 5th. Can you believe tomorrow's November 1st? Working Models, the virtual hives for collaboration and innovation. We're going to explore that next Wednesday on our flagship show, Coffee Break with Game Changers, 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 Eastern. We're going to be talking about the new CFO agenda, tying predictive analytics to financial performance, part two. Shout-outs and thank-yous to Sanjeev Gupta. Wonderful. Dr. Anthony Borkas, wonderful. Thank you. Ted Sapunsis, wonderful. And Sanjay Shiroli, thank you so much, all of you. And you were wonderful, too. Big shout-outs to Michelle Hickey, Robert Kapanen, Malcolm Kimberlin, and Joel and the Business Channel team here at World Talk Radio. I'm Bonnie D. Graham, and I have a call to action for all of you. Fasten your seatbelt. Sanjay, Sanjeev, Ted, and Anthony, got your seatbelts on? You ready? Yep. Okay. All right, here you go. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today. I'm Bonnie D. Graham signing off for another live edition of Startup Focus with Game Changers presented by SAP. Talk to you next Tuesday on HR Trends. Have a great Halloween. Be safe, be happy, have fun, but be safe most of all. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Startup Focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. And please join host Bonnie D. Graham again next Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 